Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the l- wonderful Beanslinger. Let's call me the lovely, the yes, lovely <laughs> and especially attractive tonight, Ben Slinger, because the lovely the and delightful sweat is ben slicking back his flowing locks, and you just can't. It's just irresistible. Um, yeah, hi, welcome to the show, everybody. In my strange erotic uh, descriptions of myself, uh, if you're just joining it, it's joining us. It's a regular feature of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's not. Uh, if, so, if you, if you oh. are, if you are a um, a long time listener, you'll know that's complete bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this week uh, we will kick off as we have the last few weeks by digging deep into our nostalgia vaults and pulling out some games from our childhood and reimagining them in a modern standpoint. What would happen if there was a sequel or a reboot made today? So, Trevor, would you like to start us off? The year is 19-something, because I can't remember when this game actually came out. Um, oh, I thought it was one of those things where they like they started off, it's 19XX, and the the Robin Hoods are- I don't know. Go yeah. on. Um, so, this game is by a company, well, a, a group of developers called the Bitmap Brothers. Mm, I remember those folks. Yes, so they they did a couple of different games, but the mm-hmm. first one I'm gonna gonna focus on is a game called Magic Pockets. Okay, I do not recall that one. Yeah, so it was um, definitely on the PC. It was also on the Amiga. Um, they were it was a a side scrollery sort of thing, but it doesn't matter. Mm. All I'm going from. Is the name Magic Pockets? <laughs> okay, so you don't actually want us to, <laughs> to, so you don't want me to look up what this game is about. Oh, you can if you want, but I have. No, I, I, I like the idea. <laughs> they had a very take- distinctive color palette. The Bitmap Brothers. They really did. Mm. It looks like a Bitmap Brothers game. That's interesting. Th- did they do the Blues Brothers game? Because I played a lot of that. It, I feel I like it's that have. same, um, same style. Anyway, it does not matter. Magic Pockets. So, we're just going to use that as a prompt. Yes. Um, okay. Oh, the places we could go. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I see this as it's a game where kind of kind of like if you can imagine like a Green Lantern-esque game in that <laughs> okay. when, whenever you need it, your pockets contain what you need. Your pockets provide. Your pockets provide. Mm-hmm. Um. Sometimes in ways that you you don't quite understand. Um, the reason <laughs> the reason why I'm sort of going in this direction is because um, my son's been watching a few of those shows that um, you know they they get like three three things and then they've got um, those three things they can use in the in the adventure, sort of like the um, Mickey's Playhouse and that sort of stuff. Oh, oh yeah, okay, I haven't seen that. One. Is he been watching True in the Magic Kingdom? Yeah, that yeah. too. <laughs> um, I that show. Okay, so you're saying you've got a limited number of of pulls? <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking that it's it's in sort of chapters. So, um in each chapter you get like three or four different um different items. And, you know, they're predetermined items, but mm. you know, they're somewhat random. And effectively, I'm thinking this this character has to solve 
a small mystery, but they've got three three insane items that you know somehow they're going to solve this puzzle with. Okay, so is it like an adventure game? Yeah, yeah. Are you thinking like inventory puzzle, basically? Except your inventory consists solely of these three or four these three strange items strange that don't items seem to fit that- anywhere. Uh, okay, so how does this character, or how does the player then guide this character? Like, are you going around talking to people to sort of figure out what's happened in this chapter, and and basically through our amazing writing, it slowly becomes clear what each item is for? Yeah, I think where where it can actually start off is, I'm liking the idea that you're playing this kid detective, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm picturing a kid who's always like. Chewing bubble gum and blowing blowing bubbles and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> right, so like it's got some attitude. Got some attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, they does he have a slingshot you know, in his they, back pocket? Or mag- no, he's got a magnifying glass. Yeah, I'm thinking mag- magnifying glass, mm-hmm. um, but surprisingly, not for not for burning um, ants. <laughs> um, for finding clues. Yes. So I think that in this world, you know. They are a, a really good detective, um, so so much so that um, everyone comes to them with with their problems to to try okay. and get them solved. solved. So that, so it's a bit of a Sherlock Holmes ish sort of thing in that you know you've got the case like this chapter is this particular case. Yes. Um, so it, from the beginning, does this kid know he's got magic pockets, or is this a new thing, or is this why he's such a good detective? Because he I, basically I think- has. Pants that serve as Deus ex machina, yeah. and, and give him the appropriate item at the right time. I, I, I think. I think the first chapter it opens up with like a typical noir sort of. Um, they they are um, you know talking over, yeah. um, talking over a scene. I scene. just poured myself an apple juice. I'd had a hard night. That's when the door <laughs> opened, and she came. It- she came slamming in. So she slammed the door open and came walking in. She it's was- been twelve. It's been twelve months since my mum gave me these pants. <laughs> what I didn't realise at the time is that they had magic pockets. They had magic, and pockets. that's when whoosh, magic the title scene, yeah, like goes away in a puff of smoke. Oh, it just zooms through it. I think, like, I think oh, it's okay, just slowly good. zooming into him, sort of sitting down at his desk, um, <laughs> like little toy desk, <laughs> pretend phone on it. <laughs> it's got like can Lego he be like pieces a, on an eight-year-old? Like I'm thinking, kind of youngish. Yeah, yeah. Like not a teen. I wasn't thinking twelve yeah. or thirteen. I was thinking, you know, seven or eight, kind eight. of. Thing. Yeah, you know, can barely write his own their own name, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're solving crimes. <laughs> but I'm picturing some of the crimes that they're solving, like in in some of the later chapters, are so not suitable for kids to be involved with. <laughs> <laughs> the police chief came into my room. <laughs> My mom didn't know what was going on, but he said, there's been a murder and they can't solve it. He had blood all over him. Uh, yeah, okay. Like the, the first thing that he pulls out is like, um, you know, a, a um, oh, one of those spray bottles with the, um, with the blood. Oh, like luminol? Yeah, luminol. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what my pockets provide me this, this week. Uh, uh-huh, luminol. That's like before the police chief season coming. He's like, this one's going to be a tough one. <laughs> it's then, like it just it just comes out with like a field kit. It's like, oh come on! <laughs> the third thing he pulls out, it's the murder weapon. He did it. 
His pockets did it. <laughs> it was the pockets. These pants have been um, going out without me at night, killing people. So I think I think what what needs to happen in about the middle chapter is that you find out that you are not the only person that has. Um, you're not the only person who has magic pockets, but there's like a Moriarty out there who who also has magic pockets. Can it be? Um, so I'm obviously for the main character, he's just got a pair of jeans or something. Um, I, I'd like it to be a different sort of pocket, maybe a shirt pocket, so he can only pull out like smaller things, <laughs> <laughs> um, or like. Uh, or it's an inside jacket pocket. It's a uh, it's a pocket pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, well, clicking again. <laughs> no, no, keep going, keep going. Just pretend I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't resist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know what he'd pull out of it. <laughs> well, because that's not appropriate. But presumably, this Moriarty is. Is uh, a child as well, or we otherwise we're going in a really strange direction. He's like arch nemesis is this fifty year old man. <laughs> I was thinking geriatric. <laughs> oh, so it's maybe like a Dennis the Menace sort of deal. Whether, <laughs> um, no, I, I now I now picture that you've got like this older sort of character, not not super old, but like getting into getting into their early twenties, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, they've got a pocket protector. And for some reason, just behind the pocket protector, they can pull out, like, clues or okay. tools. Um, and that's their magic pockets. They Theirs is a little bit more uh, sophisticated, though. They can pull out, um, I'm thinking, four, four tools to help them. Okay. But do they all have to be sort of related to that pocket? Like, is it mostly pens and, like, <laughs> mints, occasionally some money? So, now I'm just wondering- a note. Is your arch nemesis Encyclopedia Brown? Uh, sure. I don't know much about Encyclopedia Brown. Is it like growing up Encyclopedia Brown? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Because he, he was already a young detective, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, okay. But he's just older now. All right. Yeah, I like that. So, it's like 21-year-old yeah. Encyclopedia Brown, and he's sort of over, over his peak. He's past his peak now. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody's coming to him for mysteries anymore because the younger- Younger kids with bigger pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I really, I really like the the idea of having different mysteries that you that you solve. Yeah, in yeah, a, yeah. I think that could be. Game. I like the idea of a, of a sort of serial adventure game like that. And I mean, the, the Sherlock Holmes games do it okay, but obviously, yeah, taking that and troping it up with some subverting some tropes with the noir stuff and turning them all into kid yeah. kid jokes. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. All right, I've tell got me, a, tell me your game. I've got a couple, and they're both space games in very different ways. I don't think we've done either of them. Um, and I'm trying to decide. Well, how about I tell you them both, and you can decide which one you'd rather do. Okay. Uh, and and I had, I didn't pre- prepare these particularly. I literally just went through lists of '90s games t- 20 minutes ago and, and uh, picked on a few that, that could be interesting, and they both mm-hmm. happen to be. Space games. Um, so, the first one is the Wing Commander series. And uh, I'm not sure if we've okay. done something on that before or not, but- um, I don't think so. Just that general idea of uh, sort of a narrative narrative space game like that cockpit, yep. you know, dogfighter. Uh, and the other one is Star Control, uh, which was 
a very much more, particularly the first one was a much more arcadey kind of shooter. Um, but there was, a, there was sort of, um, just like elements of, of populating the, the universe and such. I seem to recall. Cool. So do you have preferences cool, on those? Cool. Um, do I have a preference? Hmm. I remember both of them pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think we'll go Star Control. Okay. Let's do that. Um, which is kind of a, a bit funny because there are some um, games at the moment who are who are trying to say that they they are the new Star Control. Oh yeah, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen those. Um, Who's saying that? Who dares? Oh, who dares to say that they're going to be that mm. good? Um, I'm trying to remember. There was a famous one on Kickstarter a while ago, and well, I haven't know, seen them yet, so keep trying. So, so either, yeah, from what I'm, I recall, I'm happy with either. Well, let's do stuck until that's fine. Um, it was uh, well the way I played it mostly was um, I think just the melee mode uh, where you basically just yeah just yeah, dog, that's what like, I played just, most just of the time. fighting against each other in a sort of so yeah it was it was uh, sort of t- it was two dimensional it was on a two dimensional plane um, yep. and you had a quite a, remember a fair number of ships that you could choose from and they all had. Very different uh, abilities. Yeah, um, I remember choosing like a longish sort of thin one mm, a lot of the time. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just looking at it now, and I remember playing as the Urquan a lot, um, which was just a big, slow moving ship, but it uh, it had a big blaster that could do a lot of damage. Cool. Yeah, I, I think you know S- what would be cool in nowadays sort of mm-hmm. thing is to have. Almost, almost like a a multiplayer. Um, n- not thinking turn based, but you know that that sort of um, almost the tactical sort of movement that you got to make in in like a three D space, in that you um, trying to fight each other mm. in, in a melee mode. I'm I'm sort of seeing that as a something that hasn't really been done. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think uh, sometimes the Star Trek games try to go in that direction. Um, because yeah. it's it's a bit more tactical, but yeah, we could we could consider that, especially with the different um, the really different abilities of the different ships. That could be quite interesting. So, are you thinking turn based? And I mean, that's taking Star Control in a very different direction. But yeah. that's not to say um, it's, it, we we shouldn't. I'm actually thinking no. It'll it'll still be sort of um, based off of um, based off of like real time. Mm. movements but just but, the, the way to win is just, to really position yourself uh i mean that's yeah, not too and, unlike and pretty, that's pretty much not- what, what you're doing is you're actually uh sort of going okay i want to fire when this happens and then i i want to do this when this happens and and sort oh, of like you mean the way you're sort that you of actually, actually setting up like triggers and things yeah okay. um i think i think the idea of being able to set up triggers in your own in your own screen is a little bit um a little bit less arcadey yeah, and definitely. a little bit more tactical, but it's also you're you're almost in complete control of your movement all the time, and you can, you know, you can actually go around and just hit the spacebar to fire, but you can also set up a trigger that if they if they happen to meet some criteria, you can, mm. you know, maybe set up a countermeasure for when they when they fire off off a um a, a um, particular type of. Well, I like the idea of again particular like, type of like plasma rocket or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well. I, I, It'd be really interesting to be able to set up those triggers 
uh, and have it being very systems based, and so that you have to counter whichever particular type of ship you're coming up against, because you need to know then, you know, oh, they have a plasma weapon, or they have a laser weapon, or they have like a ballistic weapon or something, um, yeah. and be able to say like, yeah, if, uh, you know, if uh, uh, something of you know with a mass larger than this or between this comes into these sensors and and again your sensors can depend on the types of ships um you know to then trigger off this action whether it's you know do some sort of area effect or fire off a, a like an anti um what do you call it like a, a diversionary thing um or just fire at it you know if you've got turrets or something uh, or launch me into light, into hyperspace instantly. Well, yeah, like well, if you recall, one of the ships in the original Star Control could just would just teleport randomly somewhere else on the map. Um, so yep. you could say, "All right, fire that off," uh, and that you know that's not always going to be to your benefit. Yeah, and I think I recall one of the things in in the original as well was that uh, some levels had a, a star uh, that you had to that you know that you could get sucked into the gravity well if your ship wasn't fast enough. Ooh, I like that. In fact, I think I remember that being a, a bit of a strategy but with that little teleporty ship because it was quite light and could sit really close to the star. Um, yep. And so you'd lure someone in and they'd just teleport away and they wouldn't be able to get out of the gravity well. <laughs> um, but no, um, actually, I quite like that because cause then you could have different ships. Uh, like the the types and power of your sensors will play a big part in how much automation you can do. Um, so, you know, you, you might have a ship that has less weapons, but it has much longer range or more accurate sensors. And so you can, you can react a lot faster to different things. Yeah. It, it may actually say, okay, because of, because of this system, it gives you, um, three automation options. Mm. So you can, mm. you can set these automation op- options. But of course, you know, being, being from another <laughs> ship, you can maybe, um, fire off, you know, three different types of missiles because you know that one of them is going to hit. Well, that's it. Yeah. Like, again, your sensors have to be calibrated to a particular um, type, like a particular mis- yeah, missile type or, or energy type or whatever. Uh, and, and so you can use two of those. Like, if you want to use two of your sort of resources, your automation resources on detecting two types of missiles because you know that you might come across those, then that's fine. But- you know, you, your back sensors aren't doing anything then, or you know, you're leaving other parts of yourself open, uh, or yeah, you might come across someone who's got all three types or something. Um, yep. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff you could do there. And so you're thinking then that I think the gameplay would have to be a bit slower paced than the original. Um, just, just in that uh, to really notice even that those things are happening, it'd be too fast. The original was very. It was very arcade-ish and, and fairly Twitch-based. Yeah. The other thing I just recalled, though, actually, is there was this real aspect of- Well, maybe this was just some ships that could do this, but you you had your crew, and I remember some ships could, like, pick up the crew of the other people or something, or there was, there was something like that anyway. Like, basically, your health was how much crew you had. Um, and so, there could be some interesting things around that as well, where you can maybe, like, I don't know, teleport- your crew into out of their crew into outer space or something and pick them up or you know and again it could be around the um uh, the the automation stuff that you can detect uh, crew members and crew ships and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, it just could be another little. That's really cool. Another little aspect. Really, really cool. Cool. All right, you've got another. Yes. All right. Socket to me. So this game was a fighting game. It was done probably in the 
early 90s. It was called One Must Fall 2097. I was going to guess that because there were very few fighting games on the PC. Yeah. Um, I personally, I loved One Must Fall. It was these giant robots basically fighting off against each other. I'm trying um, to recall if I ever had the full version or just the version where you had one, maybe two um, characters. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had the version that had like one or two characters. <laughs> yeah. um, but the the idea of of like a fighting game um, with two massive robots, yeah, know, going uh, up against each other, little, Street Fighter, or yeah, that's something that you could do much more interestingly now. Um, <laughs> I just had a an amusing thought um, that you could do a sequel to regular human basketball, but it's uh, it's like a boxing game. <laughs> <laughs> regular human boxing regular human boxing power yeah, I listening. absolutely love that um, because yeah like part of the benefit of, of doing robots is that there is that sort of thing like presumably there's someone piloting them you've got kind of a different aspect to just like Street Fighter where it's just two people pump- pummeling on each other and for some reason have magic um, but you could do something quite interesting with a and look it doesn't have to be that, that style of thing but we could go in that direction where you're jumping around inside the ship, hitting buttons, and it's doing things like firing off, um, you know, ranged attacks or doing punches and kicks and uppercuts, and you know, maybe depending on your, there's just a regular punch button, but depending on your stance or something. Like if you crouch and then go to punch, then it'll do an uppercut kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's cool. And you could, so you, yeah, like again, very much regular human basketball, two yeah. to four people in each robot, perhaps, and having to coordinate those moves and getting some just totally ridiculous shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what I what I like, though, is stealing something from Mortal Kombat in that when you do bring someone down to zero, you do actually get a little bit of a little bit of time to, you know, set up a finishing move mm-hmm. with your with your guys inside the um, inside the robot. Oh, guys, you could like, have everyone on the right buttons. Except, like, literally everyone from the other robot, because that one's now dead, they come over and try to sabotage you as you're trying to do your finishing move. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting aspect. Uh, bringing in that whole jumping ship thing to be able to sabotage the other player. And again, something that regular human basketball did very well. Um, I basically just want regular human basketball the fighting game. So, yeah. But I, I don't mind thank you. it going in that direction, because- that was such an awesome game. Oh god, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, I just don't think if there's anything, anything different we can do with it. I mean, I guess you could have different characters. You know, it's sort of just expanding on it in a bunch of different ways. Different characters that have different controls in them and stuff, so different layouts. So you sort of, you know, you might get good at a particular character because you learn some some decent moves uh, that you can easily sort of jump between the buttons. Um, whereas it might oh, what, be a bit what trickier I love is, some is the idea of. They're actually being, you know, if you if you turn on the switches in a certain order, um, like down forward punch, <laughs> then you actually You're get actually like a- <laughs> firing off the special moves. Yeah. yeah. So the idea that you know, if you've got two people, you know, having to run between different things to hit hit those buttons can be. Pretty, well, it's just another nuts. level of having to communi- of having to communicate, right? Yeah. You know, it's like all right, I'm going to hit down. You hit. You hit left, Forward. and then I'm going to hit the attack button uh, over here. Oh, you hit a kick button. That's the wrong one. <laughs> Your whole robot just flips up into the air. Um, and then I, I like the idea of, you know, the the jump is literally the jump jet sort of thing, except this time, you know, 
you don't actually have, you know, continuous jumped jets. You only have sort of like- Oh, I like um, the idea of it being a burst, that it just fires for a second and then turns off. But it's yep. obviously physically accurate. So, if you've just kicked, if you're in the middle of a kick and someone accidentally hits the, the burst button, you go flying backwards. Um, yeah. Because your foot's facing forward, like it's in your feet. Because I'm thinking I'm, of them I'm, being a bit I'm now more picturing kinda that, it, that if you if limber. you lean forwards, if you lean forwards and hit the boost button, then you're going to do like a Raiden bloody <laughs> <laughs> shoulder charge sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I want to talk to Powerhoof again and see like the prototypes they must have done for different body shapes and different types of <laughs> controls and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like there's some really cool stuff you could do with that. Well, we had a pretty good rapport with them last time, so I'm pretty sure oh, they'd they be come interested in talking to us again. Yeah. Okay, well. All right, let's move on. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think there was some good stuff in there. Uh, now I kind of want to play Star Control and also regular human basketball. Ooh, that could be a good Yeah, that was so much fun. Uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> My mind just went to- um, in, you're having to having to control like the little guys inside the ship to actually set off these. Yeah, these yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Well, and I was just thinking of uh, um, again, like, and I mean, um, this is sort of similar to uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time in that that was a spaceship, but a cross between Star Control and FTL and regular human basketball, where you have your ship and you can see all the people inside it, but you like you, it's it, they're all played by different people and you have to jump to the yep. different controls. And you can still jump between ships, but you literally yeah, have you to like- Yeah, you've got EVA between them. <laughs> you, can, you can either EVA between them or you can just blast yourself out an airlock and, and aim for them in a hope that you just like <laughs> smash through their windscreen or something. <laughs> oh, God. I love it. Mm-hmm. Or even teleport. Like if, if you unlock the teleporting- Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Beam onto their ship once you take out their- um, Once you take out their shields and stuff. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> got to move on. All right. <laughs> but All I right. love that idea so That's much. So cool. <laughs> All right. Okay. Three, two, one, click. Well, oh, tell everyone how this works. You should probably tell people what click pitch is. Sure, we've done it for like a, you know, how many years now? Uh, okay. So, click pitch, for those who may not have listened before, is a game where we each have a random word generator, or in this case, a phrase generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we will click refresh. We'll each get a couple of words, and we will turn those words into a game design. So, Trevor, would you like to- Start us off. Three, two, one, click. A strenuous oration. <laughs> okay. Melted garter. <laughs> um, okay. Strenuous oration. So, like a speech or a, any sort of speaking kind of thing. Melted garter. So, garters- I mean, I, I, I'm- Garters can be used to hold up stockings or, to- or socks- this is going to be really kind of hard for me because all I can see in my brain is that game that we played at PAX. What? Which one? The one where you had to control like the the robot that was trying to be a, a oh, regular the, human and and tongue, you know control the the tongue. Oh god! <laughs> um, because of the oration. <laughs> yeah, because of Strenuous oration. Origin. And then I was thinking melted garter, and I was thinking how melted the face can look, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, I digress. Mm, mm. So, I'm trying to think, when was the most strenuous time that I had to, like, speak? Yeah, look, I'm thinking of, like, a class presentation or something, or a, a pitch meeting, or 
Something that's high, speaking, high stakes, just public speaking, yeah. And then, uh, for some reason, your garter's melting, and so your socks fall down. <laughs> so <laughs> Why does by, that have anything by, to do with anything? By garter, I was sort of thinking, okay, this is the best man's speech at a wedding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. What sort of gameplay are we talking here? Okay, so I'm thinking Ooh. this is- Okay, you go, you go, but I have a thought. Um- so, I'm thinking the reason why it's so strenuous is because you, as the best man, hate public speaking. Yep. So, you're doing anything in your power to actually stop the speeches from happening, or at least delay them. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the melted garter, well, you accidentally knocked over the candle onto the bride's lap and- Oh, gosh. Like, put her dress up. <laughs> and waiting over. <laughs> uh, my thought- was that you are a robot who has taken the place of the best man. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I kind of like the idea of- this is little men inside it. <laughs> no, no, no. This is- um, It's a meet Dave. <laughs> this is similar to- I mean, it could be like a meet Dave, but I don't think you're controlling the people. I think what you're doing is looking around the room. It almost just turns into like a, a weird Mad Libs thing where you're trying to- sort of refresh, like you're trying to think of something to say by looking around the room and you get to pick things to say what comes next. Maybe you're like missing pages. In, maybe you've got your speech cards, but you're missing some of the uh, some of the cards because when you like killed the best man and stuffed him in a storage closet for whatever reason <laughs> and then proceeded to take his place. There's just too much blood on some of the words. Yeah, 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 exa- yeah, so, yeah, exactly. There's like troops of blood on some of the words. Um, so you have to look around the room and like click on things. So it's not that, you know, the gameplay is relatively simple, but I think that it's more about the humor that comes out of it. And maybe you can like have custom sort of responses based on the things that you click on. Um, in, in what different I'm places is like Terminator Vision. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not yeah, quite so- that like severe so that it's completely washed out red or whatever, but no, you've but got- the, the idea yes. that. Um, you can pretty much pause as, as like your, um, you know, hyper fast CPU can actually look around the room and yeah, like yeah. capture all these, all these things. Yeah. That and you- as you like focus on something, it gets the little like analyze thing and it sort of says something about it. And, and you um, don't, give, maybe give you some don't other necess- rhymes that it actually, it goes with and all that sort of stuff. So oh, maybe, yeah. Um, Although I was going to say, maybe you don't know what word is actually going to, what word the robot's actually going to say. You just know, all right, use this thing as the inspiration for the word. But for some reason, you know, maybe you're malfunctioning a bit. And so your like image scanning processing unit isn't actually connected to your voice, you know, simulation unit. <laughs> so you might, <laughs> well, you might want to say, um, love because you you know click on a heart or something but you get like valve or you know blood. <laughs> left ventricle yeah ventric- left ventricle <laughs> i know that vanessa left ventricles <laughs> garth so much <laughs> and wayne oh which is me <laughs> wait what there was a was there a vanessa wasn't vanessa the yeah oh my god that was completely by accident <laughs> That must have been a subconscious thing. So, in other words, you've killed Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Let's go. Why not? We'll get Mike Myers to do a robotic voice. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, three to one click. <laughs> no, there was no Vanessa. Just gaslit me. There was no oh. Vanessa. Um, yeah, okay. Three to did one you, click. Did you check both films? <laughs> oh, I didn't. Um, yeah, I, I think- Yeah, we can go on to the next one, but I think that's- uh, I think that would be a fun idea. 
Uh, it would be. Just, and just a good opportunity for some fun writing, just a sort of short form, short form game, um, with that very simple concept and just coming up with all the different responses, you know, it, by putting any, obviously not everything would have, um, have a custom response, but you could have some really good ones for, for particularly, um, good fits. And I just like the idea of, the, seeing the reaction from everyone else as you say certain things, like you can almost gauge how well your speech is going by their faces and how they're moving and they're like muttering to themselves and stuff. Um, yeah. And, um, you, and you can really get some good gasps if you really feel in, you know, say the wrong thing. Schwing. <laughs> Schwing. <laughs> Indeed. Three to one click. Watery nestling. Reverberating seepage. <laughs> they both sound like weird bowel uh, diseases. Uh, okay. My first thought, particularly with reverberating, less so with seepage, was that you play a baby whale. Okay. This is a story of a newborn whale. Hence, watery nestling, like you're nestling up to your mother. Yes, sir. Um, reverberation being the communication- Seepage could be maybe there's like some sort of pollution, some sort yep. of oil spill or oil spill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've used all the words. Check, 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 check. <laughs> Let's think about where it could go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, so you could use this as a very sort of introspective kind of, um, you know, serious game as such. But what are the controls? Uh, good question. Is this Echo the Whale? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there obviously are parallels there. Um, I, I kind of like the idea of Echo the Whale, though. Um, that could be all right. Although, now that, now that I'm just thinking about it, I wonder if you want to go... Well, I mean, I mean, this is kind of like Echo the Whale. Anyway, I didn't ever play the Dreamcast Echo the Dolphin. Um, but, yeah, like, around in 3D, you, like, meet different different characters, different uh, other animals and stuff, um, and sort of get a sense for what's going on and have particular things that you need to do... But it's, you know, it's somewhat realistic in that it's not a cartoony thing. It's yeah. um, it's sort of describing things that are actually happening in the world. And you you can do vaguely what a whale could actually do. Um, but, yeah, I like the idea of, you know, coming into contact with humans, maybe like a humpback whale or something. And, you, you know, they, they often breach and, and see humans up there and you can have an experience with them and dealing with other creatures under the sea. Basically, it's Echo the Whale. Yeah, I don't know. If we've got anything different that we could throw at it. Um, well, I'm just, I'm just wondering if, you know, it starts off sort of like Echo the Whale um, in that, you know, it's sort of like a, a bit of a playground sort of thing that you can sort of go around and nestle up to your mum and get some get some much needed whale milk and, mm-hmm. you know, we you're learning how milk. to swim and, and that you have to go up for air every now and again and all this sort of stuff. But then, like- Later on, I can sort of see some, like, um, missions to, like, take out the oil platform and- Oh, oh you become, like, a full-on, uh, like, guerrilla activist kind of- <laughs> You go on, you're on the side of the activist humans. Maybe you learn to communicate with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take it in a different direction. Maybe you full-on become- You, know, you join Greenpeace. The first whale to join Greenpeace. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Three, two, one, click. I'm not sure we've got much more on that. Ooh. Ooh. A drift cauliflower. 
Gashed Apricot. <laughs> oh, yes. We're definitely going back to Star Wars. <laughs> this, no, it's but too, it's no, no, too soon. no, 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 no. But soon. this is this is naval. <laughs> this is a naval version. You're at sea. <laughs> okay, I'll go with that. Um, on one condition. All right. The apricot is a pirate. Yeah, sure. Hence why it's got a gash. Yeah. On its, yeah. On its face. On or its whatever. skin. Yeah. What does it have for? What What does it have on its shoulder for a parrot though? I mean, it could just be like an, an apricot pip. It's like a skeleton. That's like the skeleton of a of an apricot, or maybe a grape, like a grape seed. Um, yeah, grape seed, or even like, like a cranberry a pea in a pod. Oh yeah, yeah, that could be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A pea in the pod. Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm picturing that. <laughs> so this maybe isn't even. It's the same world. It's the same universe. Um, but this is this is less about root vegetables versus leafy vegetables. Yeah. And this is more about, like, sort of a different aspect of the world that is is mostly maybe, maybe this is, maybe is this mostly is above years the- and years and years before the war. Sure, yeah, okay. We do a prequel. We go so back in time. There's no technology. There's mm-hmm. it's like um, think about pirate times in yeah, the eighteen like hundreds. You know, yeah, or, or like the sixteen seventeen hundreds or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I no like technology, that. That's cool. and it's sea battles and shit. But yeah, but with fruits and vegetables. Nice. Well, and maybe other food. We haven't gone into some of the other food groups. Where does, like, bread come into it? <laughs> Bread's not sentient. God. Oh, they just Wheat eat is. <laughs> Wheat is, but when it gets turned into bread, it dies. Yes. Basically, bread is, bread is the ground-up corpse of wheat. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Um, um, what about flowers and things, though? Like other plants? Vines. Yeah, I, I think I think all plants are, um, all plants are, are you know they're sentient. Well, wait, are they though? Because and maybe we're going to maybe I'm going too deep into this. Um, but like fruit is sort of the offspring of a plant in a way, whereas vegetables mm. are sort of the plant themselves. Let's not go into it. No, all let's right. not. Um, because because then then you start going into like. Pollen and shit, you know. Oh yeah, well that's just jizz. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so, so, um, the pirates. So we've got an apricot. I'm wondering if you've just said the title of this episode. <laughs> I don't think we can use that's just jizz as the title of the episode. <laughs> iTunes won't put it up. But Jason, well, we don't care. <laughs> Um, All right, so I, I, I like the idea then. <laughs> so let, let's go into this. A drift cauliflower. So you've got someone who has like survived Ooh. a ship sinking, right? Or a, perhaps even a pirate attack. Yeah. And they're on a raft. They're a cauliflower. On a raft. Just just before they're dying, you know, they're, they're not able to, um, you know, they've used the last of their um, soil yeah, supplies. Yeah, the, the tips and- of their, you know, florets is, are going black. Um, and then this pirate, yep. this gashed apricot mm-hmm. captain, mm-hmm. comes across the um, comes across the the raft. Um, Black pit saves him, huh? They call him Black Pit because his pit, pit is as black as pit as as tar as his soul. Black hole pit. <laughs> <laughs> it's as dark as a black hole. 
Um, <laughs> they don't know about black holes. It's the 1600s. No, that's true. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. Um, he gets picked he, up by this pirate. He gets picked up by this pirate. He pirate um, gets sort of taken on as a ward sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's one of these um, things where he's held prisoner for a while, but they realise he's no threat and sort of get to know him a bit and- Acclimatise him to the to the thing and they're going off on this massive treasure hunt. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, I'm thinking it's sort of cross between Treasure Island and um, sort of Pirates of the Caribbean. They're searching for the mystical mushroom tribe and their treasure. Okay. Their city of gold. That No, they don't care about gold. What's a city of soil? City of soil. City of pure, uncut soil. Worm shit. <laughs> <laughs> they just they breed worms. They have millions of worms. Just oh, what what I'm loving is that they they go to this um they go to this place and like there's this cult of of mushrooms that actually worship these massive worms. Mm. I'm thinking. They come in, eat eat up all the compost instantly and, and shit out. Shit out so pure perfect salt, soil. soil. She's their lifeblood. Yeah, totally. And and that's <clears> and <throat> that's when, you know, the cauliflower realizes what what his food actually is. It's worm <laughs> shit. Never about it before. <laughs> they all must know. They all must have some idea. They just don't like to talk about it. <laughs> soil and um, dirt is worm shit. <laughs> it's worm shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where did you think it came from? Did your parents I never tell you? about it that much. <laughs> I thought they just made it with their hands <laughs> and water. <laughs> uh, I like the idea, though, of mushrooms as kind of you know the mystical hippies. Oh, you you know what it could actually be because they've got spores. Um, like spores are basically drugs. So what what I was actually just thinking is what um what the cauliflower now realizes is that um on this island he he finally sees the compost heap and there's just heaps and heaps of like um cauliflowers and oh god dead yeah uh, de- all these dead cauliflowers dead lettuces fruit and vegetables cabbages um all on this pit and the worm comes through and eats and then shits out this amazing <laughs> soil and he goes. <laughs> Soiled dirt is is- people. <laughs> it really is. It's true. It's people. It's where it comes from. <laughs> Just worms, worms eating their corpses, shitting out their food. Oh, That's really fucking gross when you think about it. It, it is like <laughs> full on cannibalistic. <laughs> That's uh, kind of awesome. All right. Well, I'm, I, I never think- realized that before. <laughs> Three I, to one click. I do like that. Yeah, I like that uh, return to the world of Star Wars, but I think that's all we can take for right now. Three to one click. Hulking brainstorming. Oh, that's interesting. Weighty golfer. <laughs> <clears throat> so I, I'm picturing, I don't know why, but this just came into my head. That it's in an alternate world where Bruce Banner is like a lazy golfer, and the Hulk <laughs> is like the scientist. <laughs> well, I was I was literally just going down the path of let's just make Avengers golf. Um, it's like just a golf game starring the Avengers. There's not enough novelty golf games. <laughs> not since Outlaw Golf. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was fucking golf original too. Xbox <laughs> generations ago. I think you yes. could do a good Avengers golf. Let's let's have a think about how that would go down. Um, and I mean, Hulk obviously just 
<laughs> well, maybe it's maybe it is Bruce Banner who's the golfer. But if you if you mess up too many shots, then uh, then he holds it out, and then you're just fucked. Then then you might get a hole in one, but it'll be like nine holes over. <laughs> if he doesn't crush the stick first, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Okay, so there, so what what sort of what sort of golfing abilities will everyone have? I mean, I'm more interested in their outfits, to be honest. <laughs> No, I don't know. Good fashion. Although I do like the idea of the Hulk in some like plaid shorts instead of his purple ones. <laughs> and the golf shorts. and the golf hat. Oh god. Hulk um, golf. <laughs> Hulk putt. <laughs> god, Hulk can't putt. Hulk put a hole um, in fucking Captain America. Okay. So I I think we'll go we'll go with my Idea. All right. So this is an alternate universe. Is it a is it a world full of Hulks of Hulk like creatures? And this um, when when this person when when the Hulk like c- calms down too much, he turns into a, we- a weedy little human. <laughs> um, I, I think what it actually is is in in this reality, uh, Bruce Banner was a was a scientist, but he was just like so. Um, so lazy and procrastinated all the time. Well, and I think what happened golf. is he found weed. <laughs> he just liked to get stoned and play golf. Um, like, it's a weird combination, but he was into it. But when he smoked too much, then he turned into the ultra brainy Hulk. Well, I love the idea and- that his dealer's like, oh, yeah, man. Like, you got to try this new stuff. They call it the gamma strain. It's going yeah. to mutate your DNA, literally. And, the, and Bruce Banner is just like- Oh, that sounds amazing. He's like, no, <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> like, yeah, I got it. I got it. I can handle it. Yeah, just, just, just don't, just don't smoke it near a microwave, any gamma radiation, microwave, or a golf course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little known fact: <laughs> the golf green, the way they make it green, is gamma radiation. Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm picturing that it's half golf game, half like. <clears throat> Solving um, solving equations as the Hulk. <laughs> Sorry. I just I just amused that the gameplay is just the Hulk going hmm, Hulk. Not sure what one plus one is. <laughs> no, I'm picturing. No, he's like super smart. Hulk do- Hulk doing like um in in the same sort of in the same sort of parlance, you know, saying ooh a squared plus. B-squared or maybe equals. it's the opposite. Maybe Hulk. <laughs> maybe maybe it's the opposite in this world. Banner is so stoned all the time that he's like, Banner hungry. <laughs> Banner want to golf. And then he turns into Hulk. He's just like, oh, that fucking Banner. All right. So, if you carry the one and take the third thing to the fifth one, spin the matrix. Banner pot. <laughs> Banner pot. It's like, oh, shit. So when does it turn into banner? Is it if he like gets a whiff of weed or something, or or sees a golf course, like, or is it just, is it still around his emotions? Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's around emotions. If he gets too frustrated at a problem, he turns into banner so he can calm right. down. With some right, weed. yeah, that's his like, it's his like protection from his his yeah, he's from burning himself out. He's uh, like, oh, I can't get this. Uh, oh no, no, not now. I'm, I'm so close. Oh, banner pot, banner, <laughs> banner smoke. 
I totally picture Mark Ruffalo as well. He'd actually do that pretty well. <laughs> I'm so picturing that that is now the title of the episode. Banner Ban- Putt. Banner Putt. <laughs> could be. Could, be, could be. Emergent cheering. Lifelong centipede. Mm. All right. So, how do I not turn this into a cheer squad that is being turned into the human centipede? (laughs) Well, you've got it out now. Throw it away. Um, Stop thinking about it. No, okay. I'm kind of thinking this is a world where butterflies- Stop thinking about cheerleaders eating each other's shit, Trevor. No, this is is something that I saw in a movie a little while ago, but- um, it was basically a couple of years later that they saw each other and was like, hang on, didn't- Were we oh, part of a human centipede? That was, it was on- um, No, no, no. It was- uh, no, that was on Key, Key and Peele. Peel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, no, I'm, I'm picturing this is a world of, of like insects and things. Like, this is the insect world. And butterflies are- They are like the cheerleaders. They're like the super cool- Maybe it's like a high school or something. Mm-hmm. And the principal- is a centipede. Well, I was thinking maybe the other one of the other students is a centipede, and they're like they're looking at the caterpillars and they're going, "You are just like me. You've got all these legs and you shuffle along with your belly on the ground, but you get to turn into a butterfly, and I have to stay a centipede." Uh, and so it's just like the the angsty teenage life of insects. Oh fuck, centipedes are gross. Yes, they are. Oh, they freak me out. Oh. Yeah, especially those like real like hairy looking ones. Um, okay, so anyway. you play the centipede. I think you. I think you. We either play the centipede or the, or you play someone. You play one of the other students, right? Um, I, I kind of like the idea of you, you play the centipede, and you know you think the butterfly is so cool. Like the caterpillars who turn into butterflies are so cool. Like they're all. You know, with the jocks and all this sort oh, of yeah. stuff. Well, basically, the butterflies are seniors. <laughs> yep. But the freshmen are still caterpillars. And you're, you're a freshman. Uh, and you know um, that you're not going to turn into um, a butterfly. And so, you hang out with the millipedes, who are totally goth. But he's hanging out with them because he knows that they're just so much more gross than what he is. So, I actually like- much prefer a millipede over a centipede. But anyway. Um, yeah, that's- Yeah. And, I don't know, does he have like a- What do you call them? Pill bugs, butchie boys, slaters. What's your word for them? Slaters. Slaters. Um, there's definitely one of those in the crew. In the crew, it's kind of all the little under the rock living creatures. Are you going for a Save by the Bell reference? Yes. <laughs> I just pictured you said so slaters. I'm just picturing this AC slater coming down. Could be Saved by the Bell. Is is uh, who, who is um, Zach, Mor- Zach Morris? Is a um, who's the centipede? Is, a, is it Screech? Zach. Oh, it's yeah, Zach. It could be Screech. <laughs> Zach is a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. Zach and Kelly are, ca- are caterpillars. Yeah, totally. And um, um, what's the name that when it was in Showgirls? Um, what could she be? Oh uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember the characters' names, but um, I don't know. Maybe she's. Uh, What's another kind of above above ground sort of insect? Maybe she's like a fucking spider or something. Could be cool. Um, and who plays like Principal Belmont or whatever his Belding. name is? Belding. Yeah, Belding's just like a- uh, what's, what's something that's wise? Like a wise moth or something like well, that? Well, but he was kind of goofy as well, right? 
like he was trying to be cool all the time, wasn't he? Yeah, true. So it's kind of goofy. <laughs> a moth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a regular old moth. Yeah, he could be an old moth, I guess. Or like a leaving be- dust a everywhere. Like a beetle. <laughs> He's like this ladybug or something. <laughs> He's tiny and annoying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I, I think I think we killed it in the best way possible. Yep. All right. I let's reckon. Do, let's do one, one more. Man. Yeah. Three to one click. Sunlit scramble. Sweetened rift. Oh. Okay. This is the breakfast food side of Star Wars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, sunlit scramble. What was it? Sweetened, sweetened rift. Sweetened rift. So, I'm thinking rift as in a rift in space and time. Sure. What else are you going to put a rift in? An oculus. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second. <laughs> All right, a rift in space and time. That happens while you're, like, having a nice leisurely breakfast with your scrambled eggs in the sun. It takes you into a hellscape where there are no eggs. It's the worst oh, thing possible. it takes you into a hellscape in which everything is just artificially sweetened. <laughs> like, everything. All right. You, you, go, you go to have bacon and eggs, and it's maple bacon, and it's- um, Sugar eggs. I don't know. Sugar <laughs> eggs. <laughs> It's uh, but it, it's not real maple syrup either. It's it's oh, that right. cheap shit that you get from and it's, um, yeah, it's like uh, uh, stevia eggs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, artificially sweetened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like, why does this water the nasty from the taste taste like aspartame? <laughs> oh yuck. Um, how is this going to play out in game? Okay. Every character that you come across is riddled with cancer. <laughs> hey, that hasn't been proven. There's no evidence for that. It's a game. It doesn't need to be proven. It's just- a, It's an alternate universe. It's an alternate universe where everything is artificially sweetened and also artificial sweetener definitely causes cancer. Yes. So, you've um, just got all these tumour-ridden people walking around- with no teeth. Well, wait, we probably wouldn't. Does it? I don't know. Does it still affect the teeth? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm picturing that the start of this game. It's sort of like um, how the game Another World started, or Out of This World, whichever however you want to. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. version that you just a like little vignette of this person eating their breakfast, their completely unsweetened breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, this rift opens around them, and they find themselves in the exact same place until they take another bite of their eggs. And they're like, oh, yeah. this tastes like stevia. <laughs> and then, from then on, it's it's about how they get out of this place. And, you know, it's an educational game telling you about the horrors of, of artificial sweetener and the fact <laughs> that every single one of these people, you know, that are having these diet sugars are like incredibly fat and riddled with cancer. And I feel yeah. like this is definitely a game funded by the sugar lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for by M such and such. Sugar lobby is Paid for by CSR Sugar. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that's actually the name of the game because pencil. you end up having to solve crimes in CSI Sugar. Is it like CSI? It's the yeah. crime scene. Reading education. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My, my just, we can't end just, on that one. Let's that. do one more. <laughs> okay, three to one pick. Just a quickie. <clears throat> the itchiest ballerina. Pervading infancy. <laughs> Pervading infancy. <laughs> All right. Um, so, it's about a ballerina. It's about Benjamin Button, the ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it itself, I think. Um, Benita Button. Spread through and be perceived in every part of. Pervading. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm just basically thinking that it's this infancy is is running throughout the their body. They're getting younger. They mm-hmm. they've always wanted to be a ballerina ever since they were an old man or woman, <laughs> old person, old person. And as they get younger, they're finally in the in get their the use of their toes back, and uh, they have a short lived career as a ballerina until they get too short. You say you say short-lived career, but I'm I'm imagining that it's around the same length of time as as what a normal ballerina well, they also would have the Jack have. disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh shit! We've got a we've got a code three Jack. Code three Jack. Oh my god! And a code two Benjamin Button. <laughs> this, so person's, this person's going to age backwards from 100 to, to zero in only 25 years. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Kicks him straight into an old person's home. Live here. Live here for about eight years, and then you might be able to get around for a, for a bit and be a ballerina for a few years. And uh, But oh sorry. God. Yeah, he's going to be a baby. Um, okay, so uh, what are the, what's the gameplay for the for the ballerina? Oh, I don't care. I think we're just that's enough. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not going into the details on that. You've called it. Yeah. So, thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online and see our other episodes, the best place to go is podchaser.com/slash/bitstorm. You can find all of our episodes there. You can subscribe to us on a bunch of different apps, including iTunes and Podbean and other things. Uh, our YouTube's linked from there, our Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. Another place that you can go check us out is at the AGPN. But while you're there, check everyone else out as well. Um, the AGPN is the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. It is a awesome group of um, Australian podcasters spread right across the country. Um, everyone tries to- and New Zealand. Um, everyone tries to help each other out all the time. There's no bullshit. It just people love love on everyone else's stuff. It's great. So check them out at hashtag AGPN on Twitter or look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. And finally, we'd like to thank us from Kuradust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us. This week on Bitstorm, I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Party on, Trev. Party on, Ben. Party on, Ben.